Keeping it real. What is the definition of fitness? What do you measure so you can get fit? The word fitness is somewhat obscure. The lines are blurred. I've got a list here of some things that we can use and we can measure line by line. Where are you at on this list? By the end, you'll be able to figure out if you're a fit person. So let's get started. Low down nitty gritty truth. That's what we're going for here. It sounds pretty basic, nothing out of the ordinary, not an extreme athlete or an extreme slob. Those are vastly different spectrums, of course. Fitness falls somewhere in that middle area. No major diseases, no health problems, really. A reasonably agile person, they exercise on a regular basis. This all sounds like someone most people would say is fit. So I have the parameters for you so we can clarify what would define a person as fit. Here's some examples of them. Number one, cardiorespiratory endurance. This refers to the potential of the respiratory and the circulatory system to send oxygen at variable levels to the body parts when under physical activity. Simple enough, right? As I go through each one of these, ask yourself, where do I think I fall in that category if I had to take a test or this parameter, this metric of measurement, would I be embarrassed? Could I even do it? Would I kick ass? Would I do great? Maybe you'll find one or two you need to work on. Let's find the gaps or the chinks in the armor, so to speak, so we can fix them and everybody can be fit. So number two, muscular strength and endurance. This is about how well your muscles can exert force, strength, and power. Also, how well it sustains repeated contractions. So that's a form of muscular endurance. We're using it over and over again, as opposed to where you're just lifting something the heaviest weight you possibly can measuring your strength. There's different ways to measure the muscles and how you use them and what condition they're in. Number three, flexibility. This refers to the full degree of static and motion variation possible in muscle lengthening and in joint mobility. The younger you are, the less this is probably something you've ever thought about, worry about, don't care about it. Just move on to the next one. Come on, Jay, let's go. But if you're in my age category in your 40s and maybe past that 50s, 60s, Hey, mobility, flexibility, being able to move around gets more difficult. So it's something you need to pay extra close attention throughout your life to maintain the ability to be mobile. Number four, maintaining a healthy body composition. What's that? It basically refers to the relative level of muscle, fat, bones, and other vital elements of your body. But most people focus on body fat percentage only. It's okay. That's a metric. That's a measurement of your composition. You can derive other 
numbers based off that body fat percentage. In general, the next metric people look at is your lean muscle percentage. In general, the standard in the community of measuring people is measure the body fat that helps you figure out the lean muscle mass then. And we don't have to be so specific. We talk about water, organs, bones, and the extra stuff. It's good enough to go, okay, you're at this body fat percentage. You're at 20%, 80% of you is lean muscle mass. If you're hundred pounds, that means 20 pounds is fat, 80 pounds is muscle. Keep it simple. This can help you dial in a diet or figure out if you are borderline obese or morbidly obese because your body fat percentage is way too high. Maybe you're even too lean. You've got too low body fat. That can happen too. But anyways, metrics here. Maintaining a healthy body composition means getting yourself somewhere where you're not in the overweight category. Now it's normal and good for most men to be around 12 to 15% body fat. Women, you should be somewhere in the 20 to 25% as a healthy fit person. This isn't extremely ripped. This is not going to be, I go to the beach and you can see every rippling serratus muscle, every ab muscle. That's not the goal. We're just looking for fitness. Being fit does not mean being an extreme athlete with a super low body fat percentage. You can go there, but then again, that may not bring you good health and fitness. That may actually strip away years of your life by doing those practices that some extreme athletes do. In fact, in most cases, I can say it absolutely does tear your body down to operate at that level. So that's another story. Let's move to the next one. Stress and tension. Everybody has to face it. How well do you manage your emotions? Also, the spiritual and mental health that you have can affect your actual physical and mental health. Sounds woo-woo, but it's true. Example, the placebo effect and the Pygmalion effect. The Pygmalion effect is like the self-fulfilling prophecy, kind of like the secret, like positive thinking, visualizing, seeing yourself somewhere, doing something, winning something, making a certain amount of money, lifting a 500 pound deadlift before you've done it. That's kind of what the Pygmalion effect is. You say, I've already done it. It's as good as done. I've already won this contest. It's as good as done. I've already picked up the 500 pounds. It's as good as done. I'm going to get this deal and make the $15,000 commission. You know, it's self-fulfilling prophecy. That's it. Placebo effect studied in science. There's always placebo controlled trials on serious medications through the FDA. That's how they test. A placebo is a fake that is given to somebody, but they think it's the real medication, the real surgery, the real whatever it is can be a placebo. Statistically high numbers of people always heal themselves with their own mind via the placebo effect. These fake sham surgeries, these fake pills, these fake injections, there's loads of studies that have been revealed and I'm sure many of them 
are hidden away that show the power of your mind, you should know you can achieve so much more than you think you can. Placebo effect. Use it in the Pygmalion effect. Okay, that was in relation to stress and tension. So if you're stressed out, if you got high tension, if your life is kicking you in the ass, a positive mindset, gratitude, different things of that nature, meditation, all can be very helpful getting you fit. Okay, number six, regular exercise. Man, it's so important. People are paying attention to fitness. Now, I believe there is somewhat of a reignited interest in fitness to some extent, but there's not enough people. We are one of the most out of shape countries in the world, United States of America. We have some of the most horrible outcomes in health. We spend the most on doctors. So that tells me people are not concentrating on nutrition and exercise pretty much sums that up. I'm going to give you specifics. Regular physical activity can improve your muscle strength, increase your mobility, boost your cardiovascular endurance. I always place special interest on resistance training. It is hands down the best for lowering all cause of mortality. That's dead. I don't care if it's dumbbells, machines, bands, bodyweight exercises, something to challenge the muscle tissue. Best thing in the world to lower your cause of mortality. It does this by maintaining or growing muscle. Muscle affects metabolism, cognitive function, cardiac health, the immune system, blood sugar levels, and more than I'm gonna sit here and mutter out to you right now. Loss of muscle creates a weaker, less stable, and easy to break human being. You don't want to be fragile. You got to put in some effort for some daily exercise. Be anti-fragile. Number seven, heredity. This comes down to genetics. Genetic factors can sometimes play a role in your physical fitness, okay? Sometimes. This is not an excuse made for you to opt out of all fitness because your mama gave you bad genetics. I understand everybody's different, okay? Let me just throw that out there. The truth is though, our genetics make us all react different to specific foods, exercise, sleep patterns, etc. So what works for me, it may not work for you. And I think that's very important, but the genetic spin being put on things these days, like you are genetically born to be morbidly obese. That's not true. That's a lie. And I've seen so-called experts, it's always the experts on TV, ABC, NBC, CNN. The experts will tell you crazy stuff like this, like your genetics say that you're gonna have mental disorders for the rest of your life. You might be more likely to have some issues, but genes do not determine things. Epigenetics express those genes. That has to do with all of the choices you're making, all of the stuff that you are doing that could make that gene express. 
It doesn't have to, which means it's not your destiny. Your genetics are just blueprints in a filing cabinet that epigenetics can pull out and go, let's make this, let's do that. They don't have to. So don't blame your fitness on your genetics. Number eight, standard of living. Your lifestyle choices, acute stress and negative thoughts, diet, exercise, positive and negative habits, they all can affect your physical fitness. From drinking and smoking daily, a bowl of ice cream every night, a Netflix and chill type mentality, kind of lazy, constantly bitching and complaining all the time, hanging with negative, low aspiration friends. They don't have any big goal or dreams. In fact, they're not going to help motivate you much either. They're going to drag you down as low as they are. I could just keep going. There's so many bad habits out there in the world. Look at your own self in the mirror. Like Michael Jackson said, that's what you got to do. You got to change your ways. Your habits are regiments, subconscious almost, that you're just going through every day. To get fit means you probably need to change some habits. And if you are in pretty good shape, but you want something more, it's habit related. I'm going to do something very specific about this sometime soon. Like how simple it is to make changes. It's so hard, but it's so simple. It's down to one word. It's consistency. Anything you do over and over, you get better at. Even if you hate it, you don't like it, you don't want to do it, do little bits of it every single day. Progressively, you set the bar a little higher. You set the goal low to begin with. Move it, move it, move it. Eventually, you end up where it is that you want to be. I'll do an episode on that, or I'll write a book or something about it. Diet. Oh, well, it's down the list, but I didn't number these by their importance factor. I just randomly threw this list together. But this is so important. A healthy diet can help you maintain a healthy body weight and reduce your risk of many diet-related chronic diseases. My rule and a lot of standard industry experts will say the same. 0.8 grams of protein to one gram of protein per pound of lean muscle mass daily should be your protein intake. Now this will maintain your muscle and it will also prevent muscle loss. Increase the number of grams per pound of body weight if you want to grow muscle instead. Don't forget, you need to also stimulate the muscle. You need to rest the muscle. All those things go together with this. But in general, the number one standard that I get people to focus on, start with protein first. I promote completely whole foods. I don't ever tell anybody to completely cut out all of the fun foods in their life. It's just make the majority, the 95% of everything you stick in your face, a real whole food that's not basically manufactured by a chemist. It's not a gut 10, 15, 20 
50, 100 chemical names on a bag or a box. In general, if you're eating out of bags and boxes, well, you're eating the wrong stuff. Unless it's a bag of rice, a bag of beans, a bag of potatoes, stuff like that's okay. Whole foods, not processed foods. Number one is your protein intake. That is number one thing you need to figure out. Then figure out your carbs. Then figure out your fats or just focus on eating the correct amount of protein. Let's go easy numbers here. Make this simple. One gram of protein per pound of body weight. I have a 200 pound guy. He's had a body fat test. 20% of him, it's fat. It's not exactly where he wants to be. 80% muscle. So 80% of 200 pounds, if my math is correct, should be 160 pounds of lean muscle mass. So let's give him 160 grams of protein per day. Okay. Then if he would like to grow muscle and get bigger or possibly just increase his protein and lower his carbs and fats a little bit more, that could be what he's doing too. That's cool. Then maybe we put him on 175 grams of protein a day. Then fix your carbs and fats and you can get all into this down to the gram of carbs, the gram of fats, the calories you're taking in and get so damn anal retentive about this. You drive yourself insane to the point where you never want to do anything about nutrition again. That's what I love about focusing on just protein only. Protein is so satiating by itself. If you will make sure and hit the correct quantity of protein daily, the carbs and fats are going to fall in the correct proportions because you will not eat as much satiation if you're not hungry you're not going to eat as many loose calories throughout the day on other stuff that doesn't fit your profile for what you're looking for which is a more healthy body a leaner body a more muscular body a longer lifespan a longer health span i believe it all goes together with protein intake along with exercise, of course. But I'm done stressing that. You can tell I'm not a vegetarian. <laughs> Nothing against any y'all trying to do it, but it's hard because you can't get your essential amino acids, full spectrum proteins in nearly as easy as somebody that will eat meat, which makes staying healthy very challenging, especially there's a lack of lots of vitamins and macronutrients. So I'll just leave it at that. Age, this is a factor. Unfortunately, we all know it's the truth. As you get older, physical fitness will decrease. So there's that. You know you have to face it. Nobody has stopped aging yet. Maybe someday, Elon. The older you get, the more important every single step we're covering here becomes. You want to maintain muscle. You want to maintain mobility. You want to watch your diet. You want to watch everything I'm mentioning. Just like I said. So age is relevant. Next. Intoxication. This is number 11. Intoxication. Substance abuse can negatively impact physical fitness. Really? Yes. I made mention of you know, drinking and smoking being a bad habit. Well, okay. 
So you're abusing drugs, alcohol, whatever it is. This is definitely not your highway to health and living a long, fabulous life. <laughs> this is burning your candle as quick and hard and fast as you can. Hope you're having fun because the ride will end quickly. So this is, like I said, it, it just falls back on bad habits that need correction. So since we discussed it, move along. Number 12, balance, ordination, agility, speed, power, and reaction time. These are all related to how well you can control and move your body. Hand, eye coordination, proprioception, full control and ability to move how you want, when you want, with balance, grace, and strength. In my teenage years, I felt like Spider-Man. I could jump off houses. I could do all sorts of crazy tricks and flips and martial arts and jump fences like it was nothing. Yeah. Being a teenager, I look back at some of the stuff I did now and I was like, mm. I would pull a groin muscle. I might break an arm doing that. But that would probably make my ankle explode if I jumped out of the house. I did this one stunt hanging on one of my friend's cars as he was swerving around and we were making a movie. Flew up his car, busted my head on the cement. Maybe that's why I seemingly have brain damage and act retarded sometimes. So I want some sympathy from you people out there who understand that this happened to me at a very early age. but I handled it way better because I was in my teenage years. I pulled that same stunt. Now, I'd probably be in the ICU. I probably would have got a coma, I've been knocked out, you know, or at least a concussion or something. I remember having to go to the doctor and have the gravel pulled out of my head and my head stapled shut, but I was okay. Other than being a little wobbly after I got up off the pavement. Ah, the glories of youth. But we want that balance, that coordination, that agility, that speed, that power, that reaction time. All those things are in general what equal youth. So if you can maintain that specific mixture of all of these things, then you're still hanging on to a thread of youth. Just a little bit of it. Sure, you're hanging on to it. Or maybe it's a lot. Don't let me discount it. It's pretty amazing if you can still do anything a teenager can do and you're getting into 30s, 40s, 50s. You've got to consider these things. Okay, so again, that was the lowdown nitty-gritty truth on fitness. Look over these guidelines and evaluate yourself, honestly, realistically, and see where you might need to pick up the slack. And you can also identify some places to pat yourself on the back because I know some of you out there are taking care of yourself. Now, fitness matters so much because you're stuck in this body till you die. So don't forget to take care of it. Don't wait till you have a bad meeting with a doctor and he tells you, you have diabetes. You have a serious heart blockage. You have some cardiovascular diseases. We're gonna have to put you on these medications. Looks like you've got a disc out in your back and 
hate to tell you this, we're gonna have to put a cage around your spine. I mean, all of these are horrible instances that happen majority of the time to people that are not fit. Now, I'm not saying fit people don't get hurt too, cause they do. And then some of the stuff can be an issue, but usually it's definitely not going to be cardiovascular issues, diabetes, things of that nature. Remember, lower all cause mortality from resistance training. That is one part of being fit. So use this list to your advantage, go through it, take notes, figure out where you need to make some corrections and you'll end up a better person. You'll have a better life. And that's what I'm trying to help you do. So I hope this has been of value to you today. And if it has, please consider being a supporter of the podcast. There's links below. You can do a one-time tip on my Venmo or PayPal or subscribe monthly for as low as a dollar a month. Cancel anytime. It's easy. There's none of that hassling you to cancel. If things come up, quit if you need to. I understand. Times are tough for everybody. I'm not a supported podcast. So reaching out to you people out there is the way that I'm trying to keep this funded so I can keep doing it. That said, subscribe, tell your friends, family, coworkers, rate this, review this, any of this that I am talking about. If you'll do it, helps the algorithm, helps the podcast grow, helps more people see it. And that in fact will help me eventually, possibly get somebody to sponsor the podcast. That'd be nice. Till then, all I got you. And if you can't, afford financial support support me by giving me five stars by giving me a thumbs up by giving me a like by giving me a subscribe or by passing this podcast along to somebody else and that's it much love to everyone out there in podcast land i hope you're all doing well and i hope you get your fitness on after listening to this one until the next episode, y'all take care. Keep it.